The following is an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast featuring a bunch of nerds stuck in their homes across the country. Listener discretion is advised. We don't know what the hell they're going to come up with next. This is Call of the Deep. gals and non-binary pals of audio podcast land and welcome to another episode of call of the deep a dungeons and dragons fifth edition actual play podcast i am your lovely dungeon master for this game mikey you can follow me on my personal social medias at pop culture geek you can also follow us collectively across social media at dnd vibe tribe production make sure to give us a like and follow to stay up to date on all the projects we got going on lots of actual play podcasts a couple of pop culture ones it's a great time for all and there's something for everyone so make sure to check us out as always i am joined by my amazing and slightly annoying cast of players who make my job harder and enjoyable all at the same time so we're going to go around do some introductions they're going to tell you the listening audience who they are and who they are playing tonight so to begin our introductions we are going to start with wesley I am Wesley. I'm playing Amino Akid, the guy. I'm also playing uh, Mac on Knights of Pain Town. And social media wise, there is none to speak of. I'm done because there's like five other guys to go. So here we are. <laughs> Thank you. Next person I'm going to pick on is going to be Kilt. Which is surprising. Usually I'm first. So hello, everyone. And good evening. You probably know me from our other show, Red Harvest, where I play your sexy bootlegger, Gary the Goblin, with all my many cousins. But uh, besides that, that's pretty much the only place you can catch me, so uh, hi back. Oh wait, I'm sorry, I forgot, I'm playing everyone's favorite uh, sassy uh, Cajun cloud, Fold Balder. Thank you, thank you. Jace, you're up. How's it going? I'm JC Vanguard, you can follow me on TikTok. Right now, I'm trying to put together a new display for showing off Gundams, and I'm going to start bringing more nerdy other shit that I'm interested into on the TikTok. So my Gundam models are going to be start coming in, you know, get builds and stuff in that. But right now, you'll find me here or in Red Harvest. Here for now, well, I'll be playing Tidex, the um, seasick dragonborn sorcerer that everyone loves to hate. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> we're we're going to have to explore some things tonight, but moving right along. All right, JVL, you're up. <laughs> Hi, I'm John Van Lully. I'm playing the Simic Hybrid Druid Human Being. And uh, also, I like Tidak. I don't know if Hugh does, but I like Tidak. I think it's an awesome character, so fuck you, JC. Also, you can find me furiously sitting behind my computer desk trying to edit these episodes in between my life as a father and uh, everything else. I'm watching my daughter learn how to play soccer, and I have a couple of projects that might be coming down the pipeline. We're going to see how it goes. I can't announce them yet, but they should be fun. Dakota, you're up, bro. Hey, I am Dakota or Shiro, whichever, I don't care. I am playing Soren or Alan Monk. You can also find me over on the Academy now, playing Alex the Druid. You can't really find me anywhere else, or you could, but you won't. Thanks. Amador, you are next to go, my friend. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite normal guy. I'm Amador. You, you could find me in our other campaign for Sato. I play Dardaro in that game, but today I'll be playing your favorite ankle-biting goblin, Corvus. Be like, gotta love the ankle biters. All right, Josh L, you are up, my friend. 
I am Josh. I play Baron Hammerstone. He's affectionately known by the locals as Murder Grandpa. He is a dwarven ranger who's traveling some to get stories to tell the grandkids, great grandkids, great great grandkids, great 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 grandkids, etc. etc. Et <laughs> ah, I love it. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, we have the other Josh. So take it away, bud. Hello, hello, everyone. I am Josh. You can also follow me on TikTok at MG Preacher, as well as you can also hear me on five other actual play podcasts here on the D&D 5 Tribe. But for tonight, I will be playing Dodak Valgar, the party's Azamar Paladin, a.k.a. Sexy Tanky Boy. The Thick Tank, as we like to call him now. Uh, unfortunately, we are down one player tonight. Our good old uh, rogue, Fila, played by the amazing John Crosswaith cannot be here tonight you can find him on the social medias at john crossway go check out his stuff great storyteller you you could also find him uh voicing one of the characters on netflix's series uh, go go toy carson it is a great time go watch it if you have kids if you don't have kids just go support these projects it's great work but with all these introductions out of the way let's get into this episode proper with a quick recap so last time on Call of the Deep. Essentially, what ended up happening after watching uh, good old Soren, Soren the Burb, crash <laughs> into the ground, y'all found your way back to the Red Turtle Dragon Inn, in which you guys had a conversation in which a lot of things got revealed to you. Apparently, there is some sort of secret war going on with the gods, the Council of Twelve. Specifically, y'all ran into the God of Death, and he's got some things in the works and King Redax asked you guys if you would be willing to step up and kind of help him in this endeavor looking for an artifact to figure out exactly what it is that is going on after reviewing the map and deciphering that there are some pirate attacks incoming to the cities of Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter and Waterdeep you guys made the decision to want to head to Waterdeep first but not after coming together and formulating a plan in order Order to try to help cold gain his physical body back so we're looking for the cure for the common cold apparently so after stealing your resolve you guys went to sleep that night where all of you had a collective nightmare of a very malevolent figure known as Maligula in which she dared you to try to stop her and what is about to happen and that is where we're going to pick up so it is early morning on the beautiful island of Gunderland. The nice ocean air kind of creeps through the respective windows in your rooms. And all of you guys awake in your rooms. And shortly after, kind of getting your stuff together, y'all make your way downstairs of where you find King Red Axe and his two bodyguards just waiting at a table kind of sitting there eating some breakfast that the twins have made him hey mikey yes uh so Farron actually had something to do at the market first thing in the morning so he oh. was going to slip out before uh first light to make his way down there and see if he can find a good dwarven smith or somebody who could make him a new weapon or had a good quality weapon on hand hmm interesting that's fair so also just point but, of clarification mm-hmm if we're if there's a secret war going on, or is one of us getting a symbiote costume, or are we just kind of all <laughs> playing it by ear? Gosh dang it! I'm just con I just want to confirm. Re remember, remember, it's gonna be me because I don't have a corporeal form, so I'll get the new costume. 
But you're you're an incorporeal rage monster. That's just going to be like Venom 2.0. <laughs> but I'm not rage because I I don't I don't I'm not a barbarian. That's uh, true. <laughs> it is true. Actually, yeah. I what I, not yet. I could think I could. <laughs> Just not with sure. that attitude. I'll back off now. We'll go to the dwarven for. I just want to make sure one of us isn't getting a cool skin. You know. I love that. But that yes, back to, <laughs> back to Fedin. So yeah. So adding that in, Fedin, you actually uh, take your leave before the first light. You make your way to the marketplace. Currently, because it is still super early, the only people that are out and about right now are some of the folks finishing setting up their uh, stalls for the day. You see some of the shops kind of. Uh, begin to get ready to open their doors for the morning. But you have no issue finding a uh, local forge. And in fact, surprisingly, the local forge is also next to the shipwright building. <laughs> Almost so as though ships need anchors and chains and things that will be made out of forge. Yes, that part. <laughs> so yeah, so as you approach this dual building uh, in front of it, you see a very peculiar sign. It is you can you can tell that it's very DIY. Uh, the paint is smeared all over the place. The wording is off. It looks like the space was ran out. So like the last chunk of the shop name is like all squished together at the end. And as you are taking a look at the sign, you can read that at the top of it. It says Gimbla's ship and other things. Like all squished together, the fonts all messed up. Like it's going off in a diagonal angle for whatever reason. And I do want to double check with you, Mike. You were using standard rates for magical items. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. Good so, morning. Hail and well met. So as you enter in, you just see a very uh. Well, I mean, how tall is Fedin again? Uh, four foot ten. Okay, so Gimbla is not th- that much taller. She's actually shorter than you. So yeah, so Fedin, as you enter in and you give the greeting, popping up from behind the desk, you just see a, uh, <laughs> well, you see a halfling woman dressed to the nines in some tinkerer's outfit. She, You see her wearing her uh, goggles in blue overalls with a very stained white shirt underneath and her workbooks. Ah, name's Gimbla, how you doing? And kind of just sticks her hand out to shake yours. Baron Hammerstone, I'm well. How are you this final morning? Uh, it's a bit chilly in this morning, but, uh, you know, other than that, I'm doing great. <laughs> but uh, what can I help you with so early in the morning, my dear friend? I'm looking for a particular item, something that I may have to have custom made. And if so, I'm looking for someone who knows how to make it quality well. Something that could stand up to a good fight. Hmm. Well, if you get me specifics, I'm more than I might be able to help you or I might know where you can go for it. What exactly is it that you're looking for? A halberd enchanted for additional damage with cold iron in the blade. Ooh, as she kind of adjusts her little goggles. Oh, so I see we're getting something enchanted. And she kind of rubs her hands together with her gloves. That I can definitely do, but uh, it's not going to be cheap. I've got coin if you've got the skill. <laughs> Those, uh, that's my favorite word to hear. But yeah, the, not a problem. It will take a couple of days for me to get it together. But uh, yeah, I have no problem in finding all that out. All right. Half up front as standard? My kind of customer. Yes, half up front, and then you pay the other half once 
the item is ready for you to come pick up. All right. If I got the total right on that, it should be 320 gold. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So yep. he'll count out a couple of platinum, uh, one platinum bar, which is 100 gold, and <laughs> stack up uh, 60 coins next to it in gold and push it across. So you see Gibla kind of take the bar and some of the coins and just like put it in her mouth and kind of bite it to make sure that it's real. Oh, yeah. And she just, after checking it, she kind of takes it, kind of slides it over, puts it in her safe. Alrighty then. Well, I will get started right away. I will have my, uh, now where did he go? There you are. And she kind of just whistles. It's like, hey, you, big boy, get over here. As from the back, you see a very large and surprisingly metallic humanoid figure kind of walking in from the back kind of wearing a leather apron. Uh, so the best way that I could describe it is, is that the metal is very uh, rusted iron color. So a little bit of a mixture of rust brown and a little bit of kind of grayish silver mixed in together. You can tell that the this uh, metallic humanoid figure seems to have been exposed to some conditions in which he's beginning to rust. The best way I could describe it is that think of this as like a human-sized version of the Iron Giant. <laughs> Fallon runs his eye up and down it and prays him for a moment. Looks back to Glenda. All right, I'm not quite a hundred percent. Is he Earth Genasi, Warforged, or a construct? Uh, well, well, actually, you know what? I'll have him describe that. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and say hi, Xy? So the so from what you could tell, Fedin, this is a Warforge. So the Warforge is just like, ah, pleasure to meet you. My name is Xy. I happen to be Miss uh, Gimla's assistant, as well as some all, a lot of uh, other things. Uh, treasurer, bank person, runner of errands, anything that she needs, I'm more than happy to help. But it is a pleasure to meet you, as he kind of just bows towards you. And I believe your name is Fedin. You are correct, with sir. Pleasure to meet you as well, Xy. So Gimbler kind of just smacks Xy on the back and just says, right, so Metal Boy here will be the one to come find you and let you know when your uh, request is all ready to go. Uh, I'm at the Red Dragon Turtle Inn. Ah, okay. As she kind and of if you can't right find up. me, she'll know where I'm at. One of the twins will. Oh, no. Mm, and you just hear, I'll let... I'll let Rhea know because the other one, yeah, I've heard some things. I'm sure you, I'm sure you've experienced. (laughs) She is rather big on short people. Yeah. I mean, anyways, that's a, that's a different time, but yes, I will have XE here. Come find you or wherever once it is ready to go, but it's a pleasure doing business with you. And she kind of sticks out her hand again. Hand again and nods to XE and makes a very quick, Exit to get back for his breakfast because he is hungry after doing business. <laughs> Excellent. And so you leave the shop and you make your way back to the inn, which where we cut back to where we started. So you guys are <laughs> uh, starting to head down for breakfast in the uh, morning. King Redax is there already eating with his two bodyguards as you guys make your way downstairs. Meanwhile, upstairs, uh, Derek, you are currently in your room. So you hear a subtle knock and you just hear Prince go, uh, good morning, Derek. I know it takes you a bit to get ready, but, uh, when you're done, uh, just come join us downstairs for breakfast. And you kind of just hear the pitter patter of his feet kind of just going down the hallway and down the stairs. So 
as you guys congregate around the tables, uh, King Red Axe just looks at you. Right, so, uh, well, first and foremost, good morning. I hope you all slept well, or at least slept a little bit, as he looks around at all of you. But I am guessing by your faces that not many of you did get sleep. Is everything all right? Well, sure, considering I'm a fucking cloud, I don't know if I'm sleeping or not. I can see why that is the problem, but uh, other than that, as he kind of looks around at the rest of you, I don't mean to pry, but you're going to need your strength as much as you can, especially if you're going up uh, the mountain to cure your friend's ailment or whatever it is he's got going on. But right, let me uh, explain exactly what it is that you're going to need to do. So... In order to, to cure your friend, at least the rumor has it, there is a shaman at the top of the mountain, uh, Mount Juniper. Uh, I've only met with the shaman a few times. I believe that her powers are really good and she is a master at what she does. But uh, how do I put this nicely? She's not a very people person-y, so it don't... Please don't take offense if she doesn't necessarily like you guys right away. But and he kind of King Red X kind of from his coat pulls out a little map and slides it over to you guys. The trip up the mountain is about a two day journey. It is pretty simple. You just follow the path up the mountain, though. I do have to warn you there is a portion of the climb halfway through where you're going to need to work together because the Glyph side is a little bit dangerous, and uh, you just need to make sure not to fall to your deaths, unfortunately. But uh, I think you'll be fine. Once you get that past that, it's a clear, straight shot to the top of the mountain. And like I said, it only takes about eh, two days to get up there. As he kind of looks around at the rest of you, I'm assuming some of you've had mountain experience, no? Saturn just no. raises an eyebrow at him. <laughs> I'm a shipwright. I don't do mountains. I'm from a jungle. And I have seen many mountains under the waves, but none above them, very many at least. I've climbed a few. Well, lads, make sure you get some cold weather garments before we head up. (laughs) Right. Well, it is an excellent point that you bring up, Ferrin. Boys, if you will, and his two bodyguards kind of go outside the inn and then come back promptly where they each in hand have a nice uh, a nice weather coat for all of you guys uh, just con- consider this a gift from me and a partial thank you for everything that you've done so far this is the least i could do i have like 50 pairs of these i don't mind giving some of these away but you're definitely going to need it especially it's going to get chilly up there especially at night so yeah, so each of you guys has this nice little winter coat. Amino has to cut out holes for his wings to go fit them. What, what is a winter coat? <laughs> oh. Uh, because I can survive in the coldness of the deep uh, quite well, but I know it's quite dry up in the mountains. I don't generate heat on my own. Consider it more like a way of surviving the Arctic Circle. Ah, as long as I find some pools, I should be fine. To each their own lot, to each their own. Shouldn't we worry gone. about you freezing? I become slower sometimes in the cold, but, you know, it's nothing I can't get around. If you say so. I, I have never ventured that far above, you know, sea level before, so I don't know how I'll react. 
uh, but to be saying if you know I, I've I've dove to the depths of most of the ocean should be Bannon quite. gratefully similar. takes one of the coats and slips it on and checks it for size. Sorry, will, uh, he'll look at the coat and tilt his head sideways and then puff out the the down that owls have. <laughs> I think, think I'm okay. <laughs> I I will place on your coat. It may as well. <laughs> And then, as, and of course, Amino's cutting holes for his wings to fit through. <laughs> if this is a normal-sized coat, it, uh, like wearing your dad's suit when you're a kid. <laughs> for you, Corvus, think of yours is more like a long sleeve instead of an actual <laughs> coat. So yours is like a long sleeve, but with fur on it. Tell me the sleeves are like dragging on the floor. A That's what I'm bit. thinking. A little bit. He had to go into his like chest of clothes that he had when he was like six as, as this is happening you also see he, the bottom like edge of hugh's coat now the 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 hem is starting to dampen and discolor a bit because it's getting wet thorn will straddle away from you gotta put a slip uh, a slip sign around him make sure you don't slip <laughs> slippery when wet apparently it's <laughs> just like yeah, trail of ice behind me as we're leaving oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah so uh king red x hands you the map be very careful, my friends, and good luck on your journey. Uh, just uh, make your way up the same path as you did to my keep. But uh, instead of going left, you're going to go right at the fork and then just head straight to Mountain Juden. But uh, you can't miss it. <laughs> Baldur's still just there, just trying to pick the fucking coat up. Now, Sean, this is getting <laughs> fucking annoying, eh? Look, oh, I'm going to get that for you. Yeah, please get that for me. I can't pick it up. I'm a fucking cloud. Don't worry, lad. We'll take care of you. Cloud and all. So. Maybe if I rest it on your shoulders, it'll hang on a little bit. Turn it into a cape. I... <laughs> you gonna put it on a go? It just falls. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> we will hold oh, on by the way, for you until you can wear it. Lass, but no, he said you know, let... <laughs> I ordered a weapon this morning. It may come in for your return. If they do. Uh, just be on the lookout for Glinda, or a large, rusty Warforge. Ah, XE, right. Okay, uh, That's no problem. Uh, okay, yeah, XE comes in from time to time to help with guest day here. Yeah, so if he or she makes their way, if he or Gimbala make their way in, I will definitely hold on to it for you and let you know. Much appreciated. Okay, so all of you with, well, some of you have your coats on. Some of you have dampened it already. Others, the sleeves are kind of dragging <laughs> a little bit. But regardless, you guys make your way back the same way you went when you guys are led to Stone Rise Keep. But you take a right instead of a left and you begin heading up the trail to Mount Juniper. Alrighty. So as you guys are traveling for the first bit, you guys, it's pretty standard. Mostly slight elevation as you guys are making your way up the path. About an hour or two kind of passes by until you finally reach the base of Mount Juniper. So as you all collectively kind of take in the site, you see that there is a singular path that you can see from where you're at. that kind of leads and begins to elevate as well, as far as you can see leading up the mountain. But as you continue to look higher and higher up at the mountain you can start to see that part of the path begins to disappear just due to it curving around and you can also start to see a bit of the clouds kind of covering the top of the mountain so 
you guys realize that you're going to have your work cut out for you. So this is going to be my favorite part, but I need to f- I need to know marching order. <laughs> so I was planning to fly ahead as a scout since I'll be flying. That's all right. Burb is going to fly. <laughs> Alrighty. So before we get into marching order, I'm going to let you all think about that one. So uh, Soren, you said you're going to fly out ahead to kind of scout. Yeah. Ideally, quietly. And you'll you guys will notice uh, as an owl, as he as he goes to take off, the uh, flapping of wings is the sound is almost non-existent. Very slight. <laughs> okay. Owl things. <laughs> owl things. <laughs> All righty. So sneaky burb. So, uh, OK. So as you go and fly out and scout ahead, uh, go ahead and make a let's see. What do I want you to do? Go ahead and make a perception check for me, please. Okay. Yay for playing wisdom-based characters. Uh, 19. All right. So, and uh, Dakota, remind me, Alan's... Never mind, we'll talk about it later. I'm just going to assume because you're Al, you can see things good. I have 120 feet of dark vision. Okay. That's going to come into handy eventually. (laughs) But no, so Soren, as you literally are soaring to scout ahead, uh, you can see that, for the most part, the path leading up the mountain is... While somewhat narrow, it is safe. Most it will slowly elevate as you get to the top. However, as you kind of soar up a little further to kind of get a better look at what you are up against, you can see that about halfway up the track, or at least what looks halfway up the track, you notice that the path begins to kind of narrow a little bit as part of the path like decreases in width size, and you see that. Once you get to this portion, you and your compatriots are going to have to be very careful because the footing to walk across this portion is very slim. So you're going to need to be very uh, careful in crossing. Otherwise, you're going to fall and it's going to hurt a lot. Fair enough. I'll uh, I'll be making like regular trips back as I'm scouting ahead to inform them. And okay. Once they get to that part, I'll fly alongside and see if I can't help them maintain not falling off. <laughs> not falling off. Okay. We'll get to that part in a little bit. All right. Uh, but the- hey, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mikey. Yes. Uh, Fadden has natural explorer in the mountains. Uh huh. So proficiency bonus is doubled for all proficient skills, intelligent or wisdom based. If we travel for an hour or more, difficult terrain does not slow us. We can't become lost except by magical means. This is for the whole group. And personally, I remain alert to danger even if I'm engaged in another activity. I can move stealthily at normal pace while in that area alone. And if we're foraging or tracking, then I get twice as much food. And I can always tell exactly how many numbers, sizes, and what all else of creatures there were moving through the area. <laughs> we gotta love ranger stuff. <laughs> Mountain radar. Yeah, literally, much. that's what it is. Mountain radar. <laughs> Looking to take beach next, <laughs> or sea. Well, I don't want. I haven't decided. I've got. I've got the sea. I'm covered there okay. for you. So you don't need to worry about the sea. We'll be fine. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love this. But yeah, so so now that we've gotten that out of the way, so I am curious. So Soren is flying about, kind of going back and forth, keeping updated, but. Uh, now we get back to what I was saying earlier. So what is the marching order? So what is the order of all y'all walking up the mountain? That end's going to be out front if nobody has argument with it. Okay. I agree with that. Fine. Cool. Prob- I'll probably be near the back just because of the ice. Motion passed. 
Uh, I'll be like towards the back, but closer to the middle. Towards and the Mike... back, but not as close to the middle. I'll yeah. be the back because I don't need to walk technically. Oh, great. It's you and me at the back. Yes, tanky boys in the middle. He's and the Mike... monkey. JC, tell like you're next to me. Here I am, <laughs> stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> and Mike, I right. want to get enough fur to do what I want to do. Well, I mean, technically, you will. will Oh, you know what? We'll get there because okay. we'll get there because that might actually happen by the end of tonight, but we'll get there. So let me just write this down so I don't forget. Okay, so uh, here's what I would like everyone to do now that we have our marching order. You guys begin to descent up Mount Juniper. Uh, so here's what I need. I need everyone to roll me a survival, please. 16. That's a 12. 17 total with doubled uh, proficiencies. Nice. 14. Okay. Sorry, getting my pink triceratops dice. Yeah. Do it. 23. Uh, Damn. 14. Okay. Six. <laughs> oh, cult. <laughs> He's and a ghost. Last, I mean, that is true. That is true. So just. I mean, I get advantage? No, you don't get advantage because you're a cloud, yeah. bro. He's like our kimchi from Chowder. 15. We should put him in a okay. bottle. Oh, <laughs> we should. No. I'm wearing my left. <laughs> No, the Christina Aguilera song got stuck in my head now. <laughs> uh, Does she rub it right. the right way? Yes. You gotta rub if you wanna. Be... No, we can't get copyrighted. <laughs> all right, so with all those rolls, the group, y'all pass, you're fine. So as you ascend the mountain, it does get a little bit colder. Uh, the winds do pick up just a tiny bit. But as you guys are d- ascending the mountain... You guys don't have a trouble going up this first portion. Uh, there is a brief moment where cold, you feel yourself being swept away by the winds a little bit. But thanks to your compatriots and just being able to talk you through what to do, uh, you're able to kind of push yourself back to the group and not get blown away. <laughs> and for once, Tidak's not going to get seasick because he's actually using his feet this time. Just we'll get, get in the bag already, lad. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> I'm talking about cold. He's a cloud. Just get in the bag. Backpack's open. Get in there so you don't blow away. Now, Sha, if I do that, you know I'm going to stick my head out there and just yell things at you. I have Ooh, that's exactly what I'm, It's literally what I'm going to be doing. I mean, you're just going to see a floating head of a cloud just going, Are we there yet? I have grandchildren. Seven of them. I feel bad for you, Sha, but... I kind of can't. All right, so I don't get blown away this time. I go in the bag. So I'm just imagining that as soon as you go into the bag, Patton is just going to like close it up just enough for your head to just be the only thing sticking out. Just be that. <laughs> Chester, Chester cat style. Just Exactly. <laughs> it's like one of those rich ladies with the small dog. All it has is the head sticking out of the purse. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> this is cold. All right, let me see if I can do this. Now, lads, this is here is cold. He's a purebred Culeo Nimbus. I, you just gotta know, every time it starts to frost, he's gonna snow a little bit. So you gotta take him outside so he doesn't do a wee snow inside the bag. Just flurried in your bag. That needs to be on a t-shirt. And that's the name merch, of this episode. That I just, needs to I, be on a t-shirt. I just flurried in your bag. That is the name of this episode now. <laughs> Amador's done with me. <laughs> uh, alrighty then. So with that, 
all out of the way. So for this first portion of your journey, you guys are able, no problem, able to go up. Okay. Second verse, same as the first. Go ahead and roll another survival for me, except for cold. You're in the bag, so. I'm, I'm in the bag, eh? <laughs> better. That's a 19. Much better. <laughs> yes. 22. I didn't roll a six of the die or whatever. Got a 13. Okay. Three. 17. Oh, okay. 11. And then did it. 24. Jeez Louise. <laughs> so once again, collectively, all of you pass. So nothing happens. So cross that out. So as you begin to continue on your track, you're now at the kind of second portion of the mountain. So the elevation is starting to kick in just a little bit as you guys find yourself going further and further up the mountain. Since you guys have been walking for a couple hours now, you guys are starting to get acclimated. Nobody's really getting sick. Well, most of you aren't getting sick. Amino, your sea legs are not really working for you at this point. So you're kind of just you're starting to feel the altitude kind of get to you just a tiny bit. You're just like <laughs> as you're trying to fight back the altitude sickness. <laughs> But yeah, you almost hark a little bit, but you're able to kind of keep it down for now. And then, of course, Cold is just sticking his head out of the backpack. <laughs> it's kind of just like looking around as best. Now, I do have to ask this. So since he's sticking out of the bag, Fetid, are you like wearing the bag like regularly? Or is this thing like a papoose situation where it is in the front? <laughs> oh, we're bringing that back. No, he is definitely on the back. Okay. <laughs> So he's Yoda-ing this. Um, yes. Except I'm not facing forward. I'm facing backwards. <laughs> run, oh, so run, you're yelling run, at whoever's run, behind you. Be oh, oh, you're right. <laughs> the rest of the party because we're all behind Fedden. Oh, but specifically because just based on the marching order, Tidak is right behind Fedden. So uh, calls you're like <laughs> pretty much <laughs> right in front of Tidak. So, Tidek, you just see Colt's just head sticking out as you guys are walking. <laughs> Every once in a while, he takes this little dagger and just tries to poke him in the head. I will kill you. And All of a sudden, you just hear a voice, don't make me turn this around. <laughs> uh, alrighty. So, as you guys make your way up this mountain, uh, Soren, from your scouting, you are now, as you got, you and your group are continuing up the, this trail. You recognize that you're about to come to the narrow path of your little expedition. So as you guys continue walking, you find yourself slowing down and stopping as in front of you, the path begins to kind of narrow a little bit. And as you're looking at the path, it seems that you're going to for this next portion, you're going to kind of have to hug the wall a little bit as you're kind of going to need to shimmy your way across this little portion. Otherwise, if and you probably don't want to slip because you're going to fall, it's, it's very narrow. So you're going to have to hug the wall a little bit. But flying's OK. Listen, he's a bird. But yeah. Oh, that's right. You have wings. So if you, yeah, you, I'm not the only one that can fly. <laughs> and you know, all right, I don't have wings wings all has oh, that's right. You don't get your wings yet, as a smart. I effectively have feather fall. I'm a fucking cloud. <laughs> You're in a backpack. Be quiet. <laughs> I can do. I'll be honest. I could probably carry the goblin across. All right. So I'll let y'all hold form his hand out for somebody's rope. <laughs> All right. So let's formulate the plan. So it seems like Amino and <laughs> Soren are going to be the ones flying. 
the rest of you are going to have to shimmy your way, except for Cold. He's stuck in a backpack, so you're stuck in with Inveron's backpack, so you're chilling. And then it seems that Soren is going to carry Corvus across. I could. It's an offer. It's on the table. <laughs> Nobody carries a goblin. <laughs> I got a thumbs up for carrying the goblin. You're carrying this goblin. <laughs> hey, that reminds me of someone I know, Sha. Oh, no. Hey, hey, Amino, Amino. Doesn't that look like uh, that one guy from uh, from Waterdeep? Shut up. What's his name again? I have no it's idea. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember now. It's Gary. Look, it's Gary's little cousin. No, we are not bringing in the cousins in this game. Fuck that noise. <laughs> no, you mentioned it. He does, he does have a resemblance to Gary. He does. Gosh dang it. I know so it's not his cousin, but it's still so hilarious. How long is this narrow section? <laughs> So this narrow section is, eh, if we're going to take a good measurement, it's probably about a good, eh, let's see, the math teacher is trying to figure out an accurate m- unit of measurement to use here. <laughs> I mean, kilometers, feet, yards, millimeters, miles, huh? you know, centimeters, rods, and parsecs, <laughs> cubits, how many inches is that wide? So the path that you need to travel is about 50 yards. <laughs> So you're telling me it's 50 goblins long. I mean, as a goblin, it's about 50 and a half goblins, to be honest. <laughs> All right. I got rope. Al's got rope. I got a bird. Somebody <laughs> else had rope. Anybody else? Yeah, let me ferry the goblin. I, have rope. So I can try to I can I try to rope. catch somebody if they fall. I have rope. Okay. And I'll, uh, so I'll while you're doing that, Fred knocks a python into this wall and tethers off the first rope and then takes two more links and ties it together. So we have effectively 150 feet of rope. Or about 50 yards. You want me to fly out there and knock them in for you so you got something steady the whole way through? If you'll attach to the other side, I'll put one midway through and that should get us across. All right, you got it. Hand so, over a light hammer and the python and the end of the uh, tied bit of rope. I'll grab that and fly to the other side and knock it in. So, actually, let me describe this real quick. So, uh, Fedin, as you give this to Amina, all of you... And I'll say cold for the most part. I'll say Fed and put his backpack down to get the stuff out. And he turned the backpack so you can see this as well. But you just see Amino kind of this is such a cool scenery. So you see this gray tiefling kind of just his wings unfurl from behind him and just in this big kind of sweeping motion as he flies and puts the python into the mountain from the back. You just hear Prince be like, Whoa. I was like, I've never seen a flying tiefling. This is awesome. <laughs> and plus Banner it's a good starts across using the rope as a guideline till he gets about midway, hammers in a third python, and attaches the rope to that, so we effectively have a wire going going across. Cool. So let's see. So Amado's flying, Soren is flying, Corvus is kicking it with Soren <laughs> across. We're moving at a solid fifty feet every six seconds. Is that technically I am also flying. <laughs> I'm just imagining like Soren just carrying you just like <laughs> it's probably not terribly comfortable in these talents. Thank you for flying Soren Air. We hope you appreciated our travel. Please make sure you dispose of any trash, return your tray to the upright position, and we'll receive to the upright position. In make sure all extra. Make you sure all overhead like, luggage know. is not stored in the bird's anus, and have a safe day. And when we land, it's my tie time. <laughs> oh my goodness Alrighty, so we got that covered but so fetid hugh tydak and dedic so the four of you are really the only ones crossing this 
normally with the rope. So here's what I would like y'all to do. I need the four of you to roll me in athletics, but I'm going to have you roll at advantage because you guys took the time to create this little wire to get you across. So go ahead and roll athletics for me with advantage. <laughs> have I returned uh, to fly under them to attempt to catch someone if they fall? Yeah, I'll say that you were able to get Corvus across and now you're kind of just waiting below them to cat make sure that if anyone falls, you catch them. I'm doing the same. <laughs> With advantage at 17. Cool. 17. Cool. 21. Cool. Then did it. 18. <laughs> oh, y'all are good. Okay. So the four of you, you guys kind of position yourselves, hugging against the wall, holding the uh, kind of wire that you have created, and you slowly begin kind of hand over hand, walking across this thin, narrow ledge. And there is a brief moment to where each of you begin to feel the wind kind of pick up as you continue to go higher and higher in this mountain. But with your with Soren and Amino kind of below you, kind of just following you guys along, you guys are able to get across no problem. Even the wind and the altitude doesn't bother the four of you as you cross. And one by one, each of you guys make your way across where the path once again begins to widen out a little bit back to its size that you guys were currently traveling on to up to this point. So I'm assuming you guys are going to remove the pythons and the rope and kind of put those back in. Yeah, I was going to fly back and grab them all. And no, let's them. leave them. We got to come back this way again. We'll pick it up next time. And then logic you know, prevails and I pound them back in and put the rope back through it. <laughs> I've got seven. <laughs> There's a reason I only use three. I got seven more pythons and it sounds like we still have three coils of rope. So The we power got... of rope. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things. I mean, no matter where you go, you need rope. Yes. Versatile tool. Sweet. Alrighty. So from there, you guys continue to walk and cue traveling montage as you guys continue to walk up. The sun begins to set. And after a few more hours, you guys come across a small cavern with an opening on the outside of the cavern leading into kind of like marking this as kind of like the halfway point of your journey up the mountain. So you guys taking notice that it is starting to get dark and visibility. Well, minus for a few of you is about to get a lot rougher. You guys, you guys can attempt to. Well, here's what I'll do. You guys can make camp here or if you guys want to continue going, you guys may do so as well. But I will warn you that it is going to be a little more difficult. <laughs> a lot more difficult. Fadden is already unpacking his bag. He's got your name is not salt. What's your name? Cold. Cold. <laughs> Cold. The four-letter word has to do with seawater. Uh, Cold is out of the bag, floating around now, wherever Cold wants to be. And he's got uh, good berries for everybody to eat, so there's a ration there. And he's breaking out his tinderbox and looking for somewhere to get a fire going. Cool. So yeah, I was going to ask if you free Cold. <laughs> but you did. So the rest of you, you guys are going to unpack as well. Start unpacking too. Might as well. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. Cool. Alrighty. So, as you guys begin to unpack, you guys kind of make camp for the evening and you guys are able to get your stuff situated. So, here, before we begin with your watches... Before Fennin gets the fire going, though, uh huh, he was going to watch him for a little while and just kind of watch him struggle with the, you know, the cold and the wind. And he's going to wave his fingers quickly and just druid craft a small campfire to light because <laughs> he can do that. Yes. So yeah, so Fennin, as a, you're struggling to get this fire to stay lit with the wind and things like that, you just magically see flame 
from the fireplace light up and be able to stay despite the wind blowing around all over the place. The what? <laughs> the fire. The, the wind? The wind. The wind. <laughs> so, yeah, all right, he just kind of rolls his eyes at uh, his sea-loving friend and packs his tinderbox back up and puts it back in the bag. Everybody's got a ration for the evening, and uh, he just goes ahead, lays out, makes sure there's uh, areas free of snow so he won't get too cold, lays out his uh, sleeping pad. I'll take the last watch if somebody wants to take first. Okay, so now that we're there, so I had asked you guys to think about it, so... Yeah, so here's what we'll do for watches. We'll go, because there are eight of you, we'll go three, three, and two. So, uh, <laughs> so who who wants to, which three you want to take the first watch? I'll take first watch. I can take first watch. Okay. I tend to. Okay, so the three of you, no, so Corvus, you said you also take first watch or second watch? First watch. Okay, cool. So sorted, did it, and Corvus will take first watch uh let's see fedin said he would take last so who wants to take second watch like jc's got two fingers up so tydak you'll take second watch and who else will be taking second watch i can do it okay hugh and then amino did you want to take second watch as well i don't sleep so it doesn't matter when i take watch. <laughs> you're always on watch aspect <laughs> of the moon man you're just like, <laughs> okay why so, is he staring at me why is this what party I'm going to eat first. Cannibalism, you know, we're on a mountain, I've heard stories. Okay. Uh, I'm so glad I'm a cloud, because no one can eat me. They could take a straw, though, and be like... <laughs> or, if they get fire, it'd be like, you combust. <laughs> we made the rule that I can't do much of anything when it comes to magic. Because if so, I would literally freeze someone from the inside. Just, we'll get into that a little bit later. Okay, so Tydak and Hugh. Uh, Cole, did, would you like to take second or third watch? I mean, it uh, doesn't matter. I'm going to be up anyways. <laughs> Technically, I don't sleep at this time. All right, I'm going to put or you on second. I don't know how. <laughs> I'm going to put you on I'll put you on second you watch. And I'm going to put control. you on third. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, take care of each other. Love one another. And as always, let the good times roll. From all of us here at Call of the Deep, good night and see you later. This has been the Call of the Deep podcast. To support us, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your auditory escapism in podcast form. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. Even our intrepid characters are no match for the insidious algorithm, especially without your ability to cast aid on our stats. The music in this episode was Prepare for War by Alexander Makarabi. You can find all his music at serpentsoundstudios.com. Tune in next time for more hijinks from the darkest depths of the sea on the call.